Good morning. How are you guys? <laughs> That's awesome. Well, let's stand up and let's start preparing our hearts to worship Jesus this morning. I'm glad to see y'all here. Let's welcome him in this morning. Jesus, thank you for being here. You were here before one of the doors opened today. Lord, we thank you for your presence, and we ask you to fill this room. We ask you to put a hedge of protection around it, Jesus. And I pray, Father, that we will just worship you and honor you this morning and that you will be pleased by this, Jesus. We love you and we welcome you here. We thank you for the extra hour of sleep. And Lord, I pray we will use that energy that we got from that to bring all of our praise to the feet of your throne. We love you, Lord. You're welcome here in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Let's praise him this morning. What holds your heart, what stirs your soul, what matters comes to mind. What cares you keep, what thoughts you think. Still 
walks with the hurting. You're still alive and breathing. Praise the Lord. Don't stop dancing and breathing. Still good news worth repeating. Lift up your head and
Everybody say amen. amen. Oh, isn't he good? He's so awesome. I just love how he comes in and takes over. Did you guys, anybody have a hard week? Anybody at all? I prayed for you this week. Just so you know, Jesus is covering you. He loves you so much, but he has a plan. I was listening to Francis Chan this morning. Boy, he's good. Sometimes he can really come in and just make sense of a lot of things. God uses him in that way. But he came in this morning, and he was speaking at a passion event. If you haven't heard of passion, it's for, oh, probably college age, right in that age. But, boy, he comes in and talks, and he was talking about how God came in and, and used um, John Piper to come up to him one day and say, hey, you look really relaxed. And he said, wow, John Piper's my mentor, but I don't know if I like looking relaxed. And then he started talking about how he didn't want to look relaxed because if he did, was he doing enough for the kingdom? Was he going out there as a warrior and coming back kind of beat up? And so he started praying about it. And the next year he came back and he looked beat up. But he had done a lot. And guess what he was doing? He was making disciples, which is what we're all about here, is telling people about Jesus and making disciples. So I want to look beat up. So if you come up and tell me, hey, man, you look beat up, I'm, yeah, thank you. <laughs> but I thought that was pretty awesome to think of it that way. We're going out into the battlefield to tell people about Jesus, being Jesus with skin on to people, telling them how much he loves them, that he really has picked them out to be his, and you're his. So it's okay to share our daddy with them and to let them know how much he loves them. So let's keep praising him. And keep worshiping him and submitting ourselves to him and just letting him take over because he's so good at taking care of us. Every time I tried to make it on my own Every time I tried to stand and start to fall and all those lonely roads that I have traveled on there was Jesus when the life I built came crashing to the ground when the friends I had were nowhere to be I couldn't see it then, but I can see it now. There was Jesus. In the way, in the search, in the healing and the hurt, like a blessing buried in the broken pieces. Every minute, every moment,
in the shadows of the earth. right there and we're waiting he's already been there waiting for you so we're going to sing about how we wait on him
will sit here and wait. We will wait for you to move. We will wait for you to tell us what to do. Jesus, we will just wait for your presence to come. Father, I pray this morning that you will take over. Lord, anoint Pastor Matt as he brings your word. Open our hearts up, Jesus. Pour in yourself. Pour in your word. Change us from the inside out, Lord. Don't let us leave here the same. Father, we need you. We especially need you this week. Lord, I pray that every person in this room will know, no matter what happens with elections, you're in charge. You've got it covered. You're going to take care of us. And we're your people. We're your children always. Lord, I pray that you'll unite our country. I pray, Jesus, for a miracle that you will do that. I pray that you will keep all the violence away, that your spirit will sweep over our country, Jesus, because we need you and we submit to you. So this morning, start with us. Start here. Let us know that you love us and let us give that love to the people around us too, Jesus. So you take over this morning, Lord. We're waiting on your spirit. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Just a few things here. We're going to show a video after I give you a couple announcements. On November 7th, Pastor Greg is going to be teaching his last class here. So we encourage everybody to come. It's at 9.30. Please don't miss it. It will be a blessing to you. And also today is the final day of the membership class at 4.30. Just a reminder for you all to remember that. So go ahead with the video, Ian. Thank you so much. Operation Christmas Child fills uh, shoeboxes every Christmas for children around the world. Uh, we have the boxes out in the hallway. Pick up a box or two or three or however many you want to fill. Uh, inside the box is an instruction booklet uh, that tells you what you can put in the box or what you can't put in the box. Also, there's uh, an envelope for the shipping fee. The shipping fee is $9. When you return the fill box, bring it back to church by November 8th and bring the shipping fee in the envelope and put it in the basket here on the table. Well, good morning. It is good to see Every one of you today, glad you're here with us, and uh, are you glad to be here this morning? Amen, amen, good, good, I'm glad, well, we're, we're going to work on that, so, uh, <laughs> but the first way that we do that is by starting by just saying, Holy Spirit, enter in. So uh, today, I just, um, well, I want to pray as we begin that the Holy Spirit will just come upon us, that he'll speak to each one of our hearts individually, that every one of us will hear a message that is tailor-fit for us personally. Dear Lord, we thank you today. We thank you, God, for this opportunity to come and worship. We thank you, God, for this week, whether it's been hard or whether it's been easy or whether it's been great or whether it's been bad, we give the glory to you, Lord. And we pray right now, God, that you will just enter into this place. I pray, God, that you will speak to us, speak through uh, me as a vessel, Lord, to each individual, God, that it comes and heads here in this place this morning. I pray, God, that you will not allow us to leave here without being changed in some way closer to who you are, Jesus. And God, I cry out and I say, please uh, be with us today. Help me, Lord, 
as I seek to convey your message in Jesus' name. And together we say, Amen. Well, this week, it was a busy week, but quite an amazing week for a trunk or treat that we had on Friday. We had a conservative estimate said uh, 500 and probably well over that. And there were times where there were so many people trying to get into our parking lot that uh, Cyril and, and others, you know, Lance, and they're trying to kind of help them get in and get parked. We just didn't have any parking places. We had to say, you're going to have to leave and come back. We're sorry. And, uh, but it was a great time. Um, Bibles were handed out. Good times were had. And it was, a, it was a very, just very good time that we were able to have together. I want to thank you for being a part of that. Also, a couple other things. Um, and by the way, before I go from that one, if you helped with that, I just want to say thank you because I, it was a ton of work, wasn't it? But, but thank you for helping with that. If you, if you did, would you just stand or raise your hand? Or if you don't want to stand, you know, I know there's a few of you to help. Yeah, oh, there was quite a bit. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we also just want to share that we got the porch on the parsonage finished. So that's a great thing. And, and the money came in. I didn't know where the money was going to come from. I still don't know exactly. I just was told about it. But the money came in. And thank the Lord that we were able to get that done. And I'm, now I don't have to worry quite as much about breaking my leg. Uh, now if I can just uh, you know, chew gum and walk at the same time, I'm going to be all right. But, uh, but we're thankful for that. And also, I just want to say... And this time of the year, uh, I, I want to say thanks to my, my staff. Uh, we have a great staff here. And uh, I'd like to ask in the stand, Pastor Greg, Lori, um, I, Mackenzie's back in the back. And would you just give them a hand? Pastor Scott, thank you. Jeff back there in the back who takes care of things all the time for us. Thank you. It is good to have a great pastoral staff. And trust me, if I do anything halfway right, it's because I have a great staff. And the other half is because we have a great God. <laughs> and so I'm thankful for that. Well, this week, Lori was saying, how was your week? Did you have a hard week? I was praying for you. Well, she was praying for me. This was one of those weeks that was not only was it busy, but it was a challenging week for me. And uh, as a matter of fact, one of the things that I was doing that took up uh, some of my time is I carved this bear, and I thought, you know what? This bear took all of my preparation time, and so because that bear took my preparation time, here's what I'm going to do, is I'm going to take this bear, and he's going to preach for me this week. <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, it's only the second one I've done, and, uh, and so, uh, but he turned out pretty decent for, for giving away at our trunk or treat. I... We'll go to that a little bit more later, but in a week that you may have had, or I certainly did have, it's been filled with stress, uh, maybe filled with the concerns of uh, elections or you know, other things that are happening in your life. There certainly has been some things popping up in our community with COVID and the, the virus, and that's not been easy, and having to deal with that and what decisions we need to make and we should or shouldn't make. And uh, it's, uh, it can be stressful and sometimes uh, push some folks and some of us to the edge. And, uh, and later on in the week, I had a, a uh, call that I was making, and... 
And I, I talked to my mentor every Thursday morning generally, and I went to make that call, and I just was feeling a heaviness uh, on me. I had not, uh, it, before I called him early in that day, I had not at all prayed to God. I, I just thought, you know, I'm just going to talk to my mentor. And uh, I made the call, and no answer. I thought, oh, man, of all the weeks, I really could have used this time to talk to you. And, and uh, I hung up. And I'm not kidding, and not often does this happen. And so uh, this isn't something that just goes on every week for me anyway. Um, but uh, I put the phone down on the table. I had my Bible out there, and I had my, my notes out prepared for our meeting and I heard these words, and almost audibly, they weren't, but it just was so clear to me. As I sat there and I hung up in disappointment, I just sensed God saying, you can talk to me, Matt. Have you been there? Oh, I pray every day. I mean, I, I, but, but this day, I was just feeling, and I just... And, and I just heard that, and almost immediately tears begin to come to my eyes. And I'm like, I'm sorry, Lord. I, ah, yes. And I began to pray, and I was like, God, just speak to me. Give me something this morning that I, I just need to feed my soul. And again, this it hasn't happened. I had this happen one other time in like over 20 years uh, when we were early, 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 and in actually in my internship and in ministry. And, uh, and I opened my Bible, and I opened it, and I looked right down, and the words that I read are these words, the mountain of fear and the mountain of joy. And I thought, man, I, thank you, God. And I began to read in Hebrews 12 about how he was talking to uh, through the writer about coming to a mountain of fear and then coming to a mountain of joy and where we should be in our lives today. And I, I just began to just tear up. Thank you, God. This was straight from you. And so today we're taking a little break from James, and I'm going to Hebrews this morning. If you want to open your Bibles with me or go to your app on your phone or your tablet, whatever. Uh, if you're, for those of you out there watching us streaming, um, this is your time to just open the Bible with us as well. But Hebrews chapter 12, and we're going to begin in verse 18 when we get there. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 18. There are two mountains here, and, and in the midst of me trying to you know, just go through and decipher and process some things in my heart and in my mind at the time, I thought to myself, and I sensed God saying to me, Matt, are you following in fear or are you following in joy? And I'm going to ask you the same thing today. Church, are you following in fear or church, are you following in joy? And so today, I, I, I'm going to, I mean, all of us right now, I'm sure are saying, I'm, well, maybe I'm standing in fear, but I know I need to be following in joy. Maybe you're not sure how you're supposed to get there. How do I get from one mountain to the other? Or I'm facing both. How do I make this choice? Uh, it seems that things are just too overwhelming for me. But I want to tell you, if you're standing right now in a time of your life and you're looking at the mountain of fear and the mountain of joy, I want to ask you first, maybe the first question and maybe it's the first point, is why have 
you come here? Why have you come here? Why have you come to this place? I want to ask you specifically, even as you come here this morning to church, why have you come here? Were you searching for gloom and doom? (laughs) Are you searching for joy in the Lord? I believe that we're searching for that joy in the Lord as we are moving forward together. But there's so many of us that maybe have tried, and I know I have tried in my past, that thought, well, maybe, you know, if I can just do better, if I can just, if I can just do more, if I can just work harder, if I just prayed more, if I just tried more, if I just pulled myself up by my own bootstraps and, and, and kept at it better and better, then I can earn my way into this salvation, into this joy. Well, that's not correct at all. That's not right at all. That's not at all what God is saying to us. And and here's the deal. is when we begin to read in verse 18, we may say to ourselves, you know what? I, I think maybe I've come to this place where I'm looking at a mountain of fear. And God is saying to you and to me right now, you have not come to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire to darkness doom, or excuse me, gloom and storm, to a trumpet blast or to such a voice speaking words that those who heard it begged that no further word be spoken to them because they could not bear what was commanded. If even an animal touched this mountain, it would be stoned to death. The sight was so terrifying that Moses says, I am trembling with fear. This is not, this is what the writer is saying, you have not come to this mountain. Maybe today you've come into this place and you're like filled and you're feeling like I'm just looking Looking at a mountain of fear, I want to tell you right now, that mountain can be made lay, laid low by our God. There's no doubt in our minds. You have not come to that mountain. Now here's the thing, is, this is referencing a mountain in the Old Testament, and there were many mountains that were referenced in the Old Testament. Always something amazing would happen normally on these mountains. You remember Mount Carmel where you know, Elijah saw the fire of God fall down upon the, the people right there, consuming this sacrifice that had been built and made, and, and God showed up in an amazing way on top of that mountain. Well, here also God showed up in an amazing way on Mount Sinai when Moses went to the top, and the people there were at the bottom, and they're, they're like, you know, you go on up, Moses. We don't, we, we're, we're, if you look at Exodus 18, verse 20, I believe it is, you can, yes, you can go there and and look at their response, but they're like, we're, we're scared to death of what is happening on that mountaintop. They could hear the, the sound of God's voice like a trumpet blast. It was fire and clouds. And sometimes they got to a place as they were following with Moses, and even Moses himself got to this place where he was like, you know what, God, I'm just going to follow you because I don't want to die. Have you been there? <laughs> I, I, it's either Father God or die, so I guess I'm just going to follow God. And, and, and the motivation that we find in Exodus there, as well as this motivation that we're seeing here in Hebrews 12, was fear. And, and here are the people, they had just been taken from, you know, from Egypt, and, and they found themselves in front of the Red Sea, and they're like, 
first thing they ask is, did you bring us here to die, Moses? I mean, they were being motivated continually in their journey by fear. There was no way to get past and cross the Red Sea. There was no food once they did finally get across. There was no water once they got across. And no way to conquer the giants of the promised land once they got across. And the whole time, and there's this constant theme that Israel kept saying, are you trying to kill us? They were afraid to follow because it might kill them, and they were afraid not to follow because it might kill them. (laughs) Here's the thing, folks. If we see God this way, as someone who's just, and maybe some of you here today have just felt like, you know, I, well, I serve God because, you know, I feel like if I don't do something, if I do anything wrong, he's just going to thump me over the head. He's just going to, you know, he's just going to get me. He's, he's this, you know, father that's just waiting for me to mess up, and as soon as I do, he's going to hit me hard. It, that's not the God that we serve. Oh, yes, he will bring judgment. And, yes, there is a day where he will judge but thank God we live in a day of grace in this day. They crossed the Red Sea. They tried to take the, the promised land even after they had rebelled and said no. And, and in the whole time, it was as if they, were, they always were kind of having this knee-jerk reaction. If we don't do it right, if we don't do something, that God's going to get us. There's a guy who came to the church and pastor said to him man it is so good to see you at church we i haven't we haven't seen you in so long and i just want to tell you that pastor said i just feel compelled to tell you you just need to get in the army of the lord you know get on board here and and he, the, the guy was like well i you know I, I, I am. I'm in the army of the Lord. He said, well, why don't I see you more than just on Christmas and on Easter? And he says, well, he says, the reason why is because I'm in the secret service. <laughs> well, here's the thing, is that we cannot serve God in that way. And we've got to lay it all out on the line for our Lord. And when we're looking into a mountain of fear or a mountain of joy, Don't choose the mountain of fear. This is not, this is what the writer of Hebrews says. You have not come to that mountain of fear. You have come to a different mountain. But sometimes in our life and in the ways that we find ourselves moving forward, we might feel like we just come to a mountain of fear. But I wanted to proclaim to you today you have come to a mountain of joy. The writer here says in verse 22, he says, but you have come to Mount Zion. This is a mountain of joy to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits the righteous made perfect to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel 
See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him, who warned them on earth? How much less will we if we turned away from him who warns us from heaven? At that time, his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is, the created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably, acceptably, acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. And I want to say, you have me asking yourself, well, and I read this portion of scripture, then where is the joy in this mountain? Where's the joy in what he's saying here? Maybe it's just not quite coming through clearly to you. We can see the fear and the trembling of a, being in fear, living in fear of a God that always you feel like is just ready to thump you. That's not the mountain we have come to, we say, you're saying here. We've come to a mountain where the promise, with the promise of heaven, that's number one. Where is the joy in this mountain? Number one, the promise of heaven. You see there, and we read there, that as we come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, you have come to thousands and upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly. And I'm going to say that even when we came here today and our voices were raised in praise to God, here's the amazing thing, is that we just joined the chorus of thousands and thousands of angels who were consistently and constantly eternally praising God we're practicing now for great days ahead amen that's why we came here this is not a place of fear this is not a place where we cower this is not a place where we just pull back this is a place where we say God is in charge we're going to be okay and we're at the mountain of joy number one the joy in the mountain is the promise of heaven number two we see in this scripture is the promise, or the joy in the mountain is this, the salvation through Jesus. We read there that beyond that, it says that in, in verse, oh, if my eyes will adjust so quickly, I'm just getting old. I'm almost as old as Lori. Um, <laughs> Woohoo! She'll get me later. <laughs> it says, to the church of the angels in joyful assembly to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits, the righteous made perfect. But here's the thing, to Jesus. I mean, have, have you ever just finally come to the end of yourself and you just know, you just sensed, you just felt the presence of Jesus right there upon you. You've come, it says, to Jesus. And not only have you just come to Jesus, but Jesus, it says, is this, is that he has the mediator of this new covenant. There is no longer a need to, we have, not that we don't need to live in, in awe. We should, we should live in awe and respect of God, but not a fear that cowers from him. A fear that says, wow, what an awesome God we serve. To Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Here's what this is saying to us. Is salvation is found at the mountain of joy through Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. There is joy in this mountain. There's the promise of heaven. And there's a salvation through Jesus. And then here's the joy that maybe maybe as this kind of brings it all together as we read at the end of this chapter in verse 29 
For our God is a consuming fire. Our God is a consuming fire. And that's the third part of the joy in this mountain. The Holy Spirit fire that comes upon God's people and burns us up. And you might be saying, well, wait a second. I thought that that was the mountain that you were talking about before with Elijah and with Moses. There was fear and there was trembling. And here's the deal. Is this fire today is a great fire that is meant to come and sweep into your life and take away everything that is not of God and leave nothing except what is of Jesus. And I don't know about you, but I believe that we need more of that Holy Spirit fire in our world today. As a matter of fact, if we're going to move forward as a church in any type of power at all, it has to be because the Holy Spirit is coming into us, taking away all that does not belong, all that God says, you know what, I've searched this in you, and this is not belonging here. This is not of me. Burn it up then, God. We need a Holy Spirit fire revival that burns up everything that is not of Jesus Christ. I mean, our our nation needs a Holy Spirit revival. There was a time when we talked about a revival over 100 years ago that we called the Great Awakening. I'm telling you what, we need another awakening again. We've not come to the mountain of fear, church. This is a mountain of joy. This is a mountain where we say, you know what, God, I'm ready to just stand underneath your spirit's fire. Do in me as you will. So my second question for you is this. Which mountain have you come to today? I mean, you may have come here this morning and you may have maybe felt like I did earlier this week and you're just seeing these mounds of pressure and, and fear and, and concern. And, and you know, there's, there's real reason to have concern in our world. There's real reason to be uh, maybe even anxious for the future. But here's the thing, is that our God can take away the anxiousness, the worry, he can actually, even with his Holy Spirit's fire, consume that and move us forward in joy. I've told several people, and, and even I shared here before I, before I began as I was preaching, I, sometimes you need to find the joy in the situation before you move forward. As a church, I'm asking you, have you found the joy of the Lord as your strength. If you've been living on the mountain of fear, I want to welcome you over to the mountain of joy. It's time to remember the promise of heaven, the salvation through Jesus, and to receive the consuming fire of God. I, I hear you saying, and I've and I, I gotten the calls, and I, and I hear it all the time myself, even in my mind, COVID's on the rise. We have things that are happening, and in the back of my mind, and I don't even want to say it, but I'm thinking, oh, man, Lord, please don't let there be another mandate to shut things down. Please don't let there be, you know, I, I, I cannot, I mean, there's, in my humanness, I'm like, it cannot happen. We're not letting this happen again. But God, help us. Some of you might be really concerned. You're thinking, well, I don't know if my candidate's going to win. 
I don't know if my candidate is going to make it you know, into office, or I don't know if I don't know what we're going to do, you know, on November the fourth. I don't know what we're going to do. I'm, I'm so concerned, and there may be war, there might be violence, there might be things that break out. I want to tell you something right now: that on the mountain of joy, Jesus is still going to be the Savior on November the fourth. There will still be the promise of heaven and God's consuming fire will still be burning. Even in families, you know, some of you are going through this. There's major division. There's major hurt. Some of us struggle maybe even to get through a dinner without turning into something contentious or argumentative. There's been this overwhelming division in our world, in our country. There's overwhelming hate. There's racism. There's things that are tearing us apart and pulling us apart at the seams. I have a good friend who he and I were talking about this and, and uh, his name is Dave and he came out and he actually was talking with Jackie and Kennedy and I and his girlfriend was with him and we were talking about the race relations. He's a pa- youth pastor in St. Louis and he was so kind to come out and just visit us and I was like, Dave, see Dave is a, he's a, he's a black man and I was like, tell me what's going on here? I mean, help me understand and and we began to talk and we talked and we talked and here's the thing that I began to understand and we were as we were talking together we just sat there together under God who joins us together as brothers and I realized right then and there as we were talking you know what we were talking about skin problems right you know Maybe, you know, there's been hatred from a white person to a black person. There's been hatred from a black person to a white person. There's been hatred from a Mexican to a black person, from an Asian to a white person. And then there's white people who hate white people. And and there's black people who hate black people. And there's Mexicans who hate Asians. And and I had to come to the idea and the understanding that we don't have a skin problem, church. We have a sin problem in our nation. Do you understand Here's the deal is that if we, if we want to see change happen in our world and in our country, it has to happen through this. We better quit choosing the mountain of fear and seeing what is different about each one of us and begin to choose the mountain of joy and say, God, who is on the throne, who can still bring the fire, consume whatever it is that's happening between us and bring us together, unite us under God's banner. Which mountain have you come to today? You see, in the Old Testament, we talked about Elijah on Mount Carmel, right? And we talked about Moses on Mount Sinai. That's what this is referencing here in Hebrews chapter 12. But here's what is really interesting in the Old Testament, those were times of great fear. I mean, there was death, there was carnage that happened in those situations. But here is the thing is that 
the New Testament came through Jesus, the mediator, who brought this new blood, a blood better than it says here, than the blood of Abel, Abel that brought fear. Here's the thing, is there's another mountain experience in the New Testament with some familiar faces. And it was a mount called Transfiguration. And interestingly enough, I'm sure it was just a coincidence, but interestingly enough, there was Elijah with Jesus, the one on Mount Carmel. And here's Moses, the one that they're talking about here, you know, where there was this fear and this was concern, and, and people are like, whoa, we're, and, and there's trembling. And, and here's this, this, this moment where Jesus is with Moses and he's with Elijah, and suddenly this consuming fire was no longer something to fear. Suddenly it was something that was going to transform us. This transfiguration we saw there, I just wonder if it points to the fact that what the writers of the New Testament said, that it's actually true that we are to be transformed by the Holy Spirit in the renewing of our mind. Amen. And so you wonder, why did I bring this dumb bear up here? Well, here's the thing. He's smarter than me, number one. But number two, if we... I saw this in my wife as, as I'm out there with the chainsaw and I'm cutting this thing up. And she says to me, she says, Matt, she said, you know, how, do you, how are you doing this? And I said, well, and, and I'm not joking, I just stare and stare and stare at the log <laughs> until I can see the bear in it. And she said, isn't that, you call me psychotic? Is that what you, okay, I think so, yeah. And so I said, isn't that psychotic? And that's probably. And so, I, <laughs> but I do, I just, I just stare at it. I just, I look and I can begin to see the face. And I can begin to see its, you know, its, its belly. And it looks kind of like me a little bit. But anyway, you know, I, you know, it's, it's just, I, see, I begin to see this in this piece of wood. And, and I carve it out. And here's the great thing is that we serve a God who is a creator that wants to transform us. And what? Every little bit of creativity I have in my body, it comes from because I am in, made in the image of the greatest creator ever. And, and you guys, I saw your cars. I mean, I was like, there some amazing things. You know, Jack and uh, Ian, they were in this, this truck. There's Jack's truck. And I mean, he's made this thing look beautiful. And, and there, we had a Herbie car there. And I mean, all these things. Bill, uh, who was uh, uh, Bill Snyder, he had this vehicle. Um, it was, it's a Pontiac, not a Camaro. I was corrected. But, but I looked and it had cowl induction. I was like, I've never seen one of these. I came, you know, he, he did that. It, it, was, it didn't come factory. All these creative things that you guys are blessed with are because of this, because we have a God who is the greatest creator ever. If you have a creative bone in your body, it was given by him. But here's the great thing is where he's the best creator and where he's most creative is with you and your hearts and me. And so he looked at me, I, I, I'm just as dumb as a log, but for some reason he saw something good in me. And he's still working on me and he's still working on you. And sometimes he's saying, you know, I see something in your life, Matt, that needs to change. And he pulls out the cosmic chainsaw and just pulls it right off. You know what I mean? And maybe he's walked into the rooms of your heart and he said, you know what, Matt or whoever, there's something in this room that does not belong here. 
You have a choice. Are you going to say yes to God? Or are you going to say, wait a second, God, you've gone too far. This cut, it can't happen. You can't take this piece off. And then when you do that, when I do that, then we're no longer, as Scripture tells us, being made in the likeness of Christ. When we say, no, enough. You can't carve anymore. You, you, I know you're the potter, but I'm, I'm, I'm ready to be done. Take me off the wheel. We can't do that, church. I don't care if you're eight years old or if you're 108 years old. You're still in God's creative process. And he's still transforming you. You never retire from this moment with God. And so when you come to the mountain of joy, yes, there's the promise of heaven. We thank you, God, for heaven. We're looking forward to it. But don't be so heavenly-minded that you're no earthly good, church. And the next thing is this, is that, yes, we thank you, God, for our salvation. That's wonderful. But don't stop there because God's consuming fire is wanting to carve you and make you into something that you never dreamed you could be. Amen? So today, I... I put this challenge out to you, and I, I haven't given up. I just want you to know, I haven't, I haven't given up on our nation. I haven't given up on the church. I haven't given up on God. I'm not going to the mountain of fear. I'm not staying there. Sometimes I visit. Have you visited? <laughs> but I'm not going to stay there. I'm staying with God. But when God's, and when I... I say that before the Lord. God says, well, here's the deal, Matt. If you're living in me, then I've got to live through you. And it means there's going to be some cuts and some things that need to come off. It's part of that transformation, that consuming fire. One of the final things before this little bear was done is I took a torch and I just burnt the whole thing. And there were pieces kind of hanging off. And it was, even though you could tell what it was, it just didn't quite look the same. But when it, you burned off all the, you know, just the, the, it looked like almost like hairy, but it was just pieces of wood. And I burned all that off. And, and then suddenly you begin to see that the imperfections actually begin to look more beautiful. And that's how God's holy fire is. It burns off all the past. And suddenly, as imperfect as I am, as awful of a you know, speaker as I may be, or whatever else you want to, somehow God, through the power of his Holy Spirit, can even make someone as imperfect as me look good for him. That's why Scripture says you're a beautiful church. It's not anything you've done in yourself. It's because God has made you beautiful. And when we look beyond these walls, because you see our mission is beyond these walls, we look in people's faces and we're like, oh man, what a mess, what a mess of a world, what a mess of a situation. I'm going to tell you that God's fire can take their imperfection and make it beautiful too. Don't forget your mission, church. So today I want to ask the team the worship team if you'll come forward as we come to a close and we're going to have a time of communion if you didn't get a communion cup um we'll have a couple of 
uh, ushers that can help you, or you can go back to the back. They're, they're back there on some tables. But if you haven't gotten one, just raise your hand. Uh, Eric and uh, maybe Pastor Greg, some others will help you with that. So we have some over here. and uh, So yeah, just raise your hand if you need that. You see, when we come to this time of communion, we, uh, we have oftentimes been told that it's a time of reflection, and that's true. And it's a time that we need to really let God have his way in us, and that's true. But I want to tell you here today, this morning, that maybe that communion when we say come with this union with God, that maybe we're actually saying, God, whatever it is, whatever room in my heart, whatever needs to be lopped off, whatever needs to be changed, God, I'm giving it to you. Transform me into who you are. Maybe today that consuming fire can come in this place through the power of communion. Because I'm going to tell you that the only time that you and I are going to be right with God and in right standing with God is when we say yes, not, not 10%, not 20%, but 100% yes, God. Amen? So as you're taking of uh, communion, you're going to find with these cups that there is a, just a, a very thin, clear uh, film at the top. You can just barely get it, not the purple part. Don't take that first. Pull back that very thin, clear part, and then that will reveal the wafer there to you, the bread of our communion. And today, I, I want to ask that before we continue, would you just take a moment and ask the Lord, number one, what mountain are we at, God? Is this a relationship that's been based in joy, the joy of the Lord being my strength, or has this been a relationship that, where I've just been doing just enough that I feel like maybe I can get by because I don't want to get thumped by you, God? Let me take a moment just to allow God to search your heart. I want you, as you feel led, just to take that wafer. I just want you to hold it in your hand. And I want you to remember what this symbolizes. This is the body of Jesus Christ, God incarnate. This is, symbolizes his body broken for you. I mean, or just, just split apart for you. But because his flesh was split apart, it also split apart the veil that held us away from God for so many years. 
And now we have this ability to go into the Holy of Holies with God and we can come before him and pray to him ourselves through the mediator, Jesus Christ, who had broken his body for you. And it's because of that, because he gave of himself, that you and I, that we have the promise of true communion with God. In reverence and in awe, take and eat and thank God for his broken body for you. Now you can pull back the, the purple foil. And as you, as you do that, I want to remind you that this is, God's, this is God's blood shed for you. This symbolizes Jesus, God's Son, dying for you. The one who lives in our promise of heaven, the one who lives there today, the one who lived there before the time of the cross, the one who walked with us, the one who showed us the way, the one who exampled for us, the one who, who came to die for you, this symbolizes his blood that was spilt for you. And this blood, not only was it spilt for you 2,000 years ago, but his blood continues to make atonement for you. His blood continues to allow for you to be transformed. So as you take of this and drink of this today, be thankful and allow God's transforming power to flow through you. We're going to close with the song today. And as we close with the song, I want to invite you to come to the altar. I'm going to tell you that something that just has been impressed upon me throughout this week and throughout this time, even in my preparation is this, is that we as a church need to be on our knees in prayer. We need to, the only thing that's going to change our world is just an infilling and a consuming fire of the Holy Spirit. And the only way that I know that that comes is when his people cry out. And so I'm going to ask you, would you be willing to cry out? And if you're not ready for it, you need to, you need to be talking to God. But I want to tell you something. I'm ready for the fire to fall. I want to see a new day. I'm tired of living in the shadow of the mountain of fear. I want to be on the mountain of joy. Amen? So today, as we, as we sing this song, maybe you would feel compelled to pray. And I would ask you, if you are, just come forward. And let's just close this out by giving God the glory. Amen.
what? I hope today that as you leave this place, that you're going to be leaving, heading, and maybe on top of the mountain of joy. Not living there at the base of the mountain of fear any longer. I want you to know, yeah, we have some things that are happening, by the way. There, I told you in an email that there was a COVID situation with someone who played here earlier. Yes, that came back positive. And yes, there's a few people who aren't here today because they decide, you know what, we might have had direct contact or some indirect contact. We're not coming. To, we're not going to expose anyone. I want you to know, though, that beyond that, that even if you, even if, God forbid, we were all to get it, our God is greater than even this virus, and we're going to move forward with him on the mountain of joy. Amen? Amen. I don't know. I'm glad you were here with me. I'm glad you're here. You're a beautiful church. I'm thankful for you, church. Are you glad you came today? Amen. Amen. God is good. It's good to be his people. May God bless you, and may you be dismissed in his great love. If you would like to talk to me, or if you're new today, I'll wait for you over here this morning. In Jesus. Good to see you today. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Constant time divine This love of ice